we need to acknowledge that we have our own pace. You know, our journey is different to each individual. We are all unique. Yeah, we are uniquely born. We are uniquely created. So, yes, you're right. We are all work in progress, and we should acknowledge that any move is a good move. Any progress is a good progress. Welcome to the podcast, Being All of Us. It's great to have you here. My name is Brian David George, and my mission is to inspire you to become an agent of change in your own life through the stories of people like you from around the world who are on a journey of self-discovery and inclusion. I believe that these conversations will lift you up and help you to uncover your potential and to become your higher self. So sit back, go for a walk, a run, a drive, whatever works for you, and enjoy some time to get to know more about yourself. Welcome to the Being All of Us podcast. Today I'm joined by yet another special guest, Vicky Aoyoung. Vicky, thank you for coming. Hey, Brian. Thanks for inviting me to be your guest. Yeah, it's my privilege to be here. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you here. So, Vicky, I would love to start off the way that we always do by asking you to, to tell us about yourself, share your story. Who um, or what is your journey, Vicky? Tell us about you. My journey. It's a pretty long one. <laughs> we have time. Yeah. So to give you a little bit of background of who I am. So I was born in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, born into a, a typical middle class family. I have two sisters. I'm the middle child. Ooh, yeah, so you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine. Yeah. So my eldest sister is four years older than me, and my younger sister is eight years younger than me. Yeah, my my mom has always been very strict on us, especially me. So I guess uh, thanks to her, I grew up fine. Yeah, she always uh, liked us to strive to get all A's on our scorecard. Maybe uh, just to give you a little bit of visual. So she would even force us, right? Or punish us if we are not doing well, not listening to her. And she would make me kneel down, right? On seashell, you know, the shells. Mm. Yeah, that's the punishment that she's going to give to me. <laughs> for, for not getting s straight A grades. Yeah, or for not listening to her. So, okay. so when I was young, I have always been in the top three or top five students in the class. But as I grew older in um, the secondary school, I didn't really do well. I had a bit of uh, maybe uh, bad influencing friends. What, what did you study? Tell us about your, your studies. I didn't choose the science subject, you know, which is physics, which is biology, chemistry, and all of that. I, I picked the easier one that is business, right? Finance, accounting, economy. That sounds easy to you. I know a lot of people who would think that's impossible. Right. So, so I picked that up. And then when I went into college, just before I went to college, I was just asking myself, hey, my, my dad, probably couldn't afford to pay all of the tuition fees. It could be a little bit embarrassing. So 
in Malaysia, when you go into the local university, you need to have probably really, really excellent result to be in there because there is only X amount of quota of non-Malays to be entering the university. So for me, you know, I wouldn't budge. Like, you want me to work that hard, get into a local university, right? I may as well just work harder to get more money, you know, save more bu- bullets, more mula to go into a foreign university. So, yeah, I asked my dad, dad, can you please help me? I really want to get into um, a foreign university. But what subjects, right? Um, if I go into business, if I go into a very typical faculty that everyone would go, then uh, maybe I may not uh, afford that. So I was just thinking, maybe I can acquire this business knowledge later. Maybe let me just get into the university to learn what I really love to. And so I get into media studies. I get into mass communication. Because then I could learn about radio broadcasting, TV broadcasting. Yeah, we made a documentary film. That is everything that I love about doing that. That, that was me in the college. So that can was three years. Can you tell me a bit more about that? It sounds like that was something you were passionate about. Yes. That, yeah, that was what I, I love. You know, I want to really get into how a film is being made, you know, what were the, the effort that went behind producing a movie, a film, how is this radio DJ controlling, you know, all the different buttons in the panel board? Like, I'm so curious about all of this, you know, in media. So that's why I, I, w- I went into the university just to study that. I got a, a media studies degree that was in uh, Australia, in Melbourne. So um, it was a very tough journey there because um, my dad only have um, just enough money for me to pay for a, a few semester of school fees. And the rest of it, I have to do some part-time jobs to, you know, get my living expenses paid off, my rent paid. And I remember there was one semester that I picked it up by doing summer job. So in school, I have three different girls, right? And then when I was in college, the first two years, I also have another three girls in this group, right? And one of them called Josephine. Yeah, she's, she's really my best friend. And I would like to mention her name because she's very special to me. So she, the first year she was in Taiwan um, studying. And then the second year, not sorry, the, the third year, she joined me in Melbourne. So if it, it wasn't her, her presence, I think it would be really, really different. It was because of her and we, we, we rented the same room under the same room shared by other friends. But it's because of those intimate talks, those support that we have for each other. It, it makes me a stronger person if it's not because of her. It's amazing how much our experience changes when we have that support and that love. Absolutely. In the face of adversity, in the face of challenge. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she was also the person that have brought me to Christ. Hmm. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about that. So, it was your friend Josephine, you said. Yes. Who introduced you, I guess, to Christianity? Yes. So Christianity wasn't so foreign to me because I I think mass com like TV has really made a lot of impact to many people. That's why we think you need to be really careful of what you watch, what you listen to. And uh, when I was young, when I was watching TV, you know those drama series. Occasionally, there are people that went into the church, right, and kneel down praying to Mother Mary, and then they just seem to have this calmness in them, you know, the serenity around them when they pray, right. And then I was just thinking, hey, this is quite different from the temples that my mom and my dad took me to, you know, with all the joysticks, smokes all over, you know, who are they praying to? So I, I felt so much more connected with this God here, you know, quote and unquote, this God here. And so this, this become more familiar to me. And then I remember the, the second year of my um, college, Josephine gave me a Christmas card. And in this Christmas card, there is a CD-ROM, right? And I, I played that CD. I, it plays the story of Jesus, how he was born, and, and everything about him. And then at the end, the pastor asks, if you would like to receive him as your personal savior, you know, just follow me to say this prayer. And for me, I just felt like I'm ready. I don't know what's going to come after, but I just feel the peace in me. And so I'm ready. And so I said the prayer. So that's why I, I said she was the one that brought me to Christ. Can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned that your parents took you to temple. Could you talk about, <laughs> about the type of tradition that you grew up in? <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, this this is story being all of us, right? So exactly. of course, I, I wouldn't mind sharing more about us. So in Malaysia, it's it's a multi-racist country, right? Everybody has the liberty to choose what we believe. And so I was born in a, a Chinese Taoist Buddhist family. Why I say that? Because sometimes we ask ourselves, are we Buddhist? We say, yes, we are Buddhist. But what we pray is not exactly how a Buddhist do. They they don't hold joystick. Yeah. There is no figure or no idol in front of them. So that I believe it's it relates back to how the Buddhism or Taoism it's um it's it's shared when people migrated from China to the southern part of um Asia. Uh, I mean, a southeast part of Asia. So they probably got confused. So when you say that you're a Buddhist, but you're actually a mixture of uh, Taoism and Buddhism. Yeah, and there are many, many different gods that you go to, right? Oh, this temple, uh, this god in this temple, answer your prayer, you know? So I will go there and pray more. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like, there is a different function for different god in the temple. But I never had this peace. I, I never felt like this God cares for my inner being. So when, when I was young, 
okay, this is going to be deeper because this is very interesting now that I look back. But that time was not interesting at all. So when I was 12 years old, I had this thought to commit suicide. Yeah. And I left a note, a small little note to my friend. I say, you know, I'm really happy to be your friend, but I want to say goodbye now. And, and then she 12. freaked out. Yeah, yeah. And she freaked out. So she passed this note to the, the headmaster. And the headmaster called me out and asked me what's going on. But he, he did not approach me in a way that he condemned me like, are you crazy? Are you mad? Even though he did ask me, do you know what you're doing? You know, the next day, if you did that, the next day, you will be on the front page of the papers. You know, not that I wanted that fame, but he was just trying to show me the severity of this thought. Yeah, so... I have always been crying since I was eight years old, since the time that my, my younger sister was born. Because I was this big, I was like my, my dad's, my mom's favorite, maybe just my dad, my dad's favorite. And now with this baby, it's taking away all my love, you know? Why well, I hated her so much. And, and she wasn't born healthy. And so there was a lot of attention went into her that my, my mom always told me, hey, you know, She's, all, she's your only younger sister. Take good care of her. And what about me? So I had always been crying at night with this little bolster that I'm holding on to. Like I, I, I said a lot of secret to this little bolster. Bolster is a, it's like a pillow, like a, in the cylinder shape. Yeah, yeah what, what baby use. So I've always been talking my concerns to this bolster. And so the suicidal thought has always been there since maybe 10 years old, 11, 12. 12 was like level up, you know, now that I have the courage to write the note. And it continued till I was 18, really, I, until I was 18, very bad. I felt like there is this immense dark cloud covering me. I don't know. I just felt like there was this dark power and it's too overpowering that it makes me a different person at night versus a happy, bubbly me in the morning. Because that's how everyone call me. They say, hey, Vicky, you're such a bubbly, jovial person. You know, you brought so much joy around pe the people around you. And we are so happy to be with you. And this is not just my peers and this is all the auntie and uncles would say. They, they love me because I always laugh. But at night, I always cry. So it was because of Jesus that I had this chain broken. Because he loved you even when you were that different person at night. You, 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 sound, you sound very uncertain about that. I, <laughs> the way you say it. It's, I, it's okay. I guess I'm, I'm trying to, to reflect on what you're saying to, to understand it. And I guess what I hear is something like he, you know, Jesus is the person that accepts all of you. The bubbly part and also the part that cries at night. What do you think about that? Um, well, not entirely there. It is more like the love that I couldn't get from my mom. 
and Jesus fill it up. And his love is eternal. His love is everlasting. His love is always full. And it is because of him looking at the goodness, the fullness of of Jesus, of his love. And I don't look at the lack of myself. And it is because of him that makes me able to love others more. So it was that change in me that I don't cry so much at night anymore. And slowly, I think, like, I, I really believe that Jesus has brought different people in this journey to help to heal me, Josephine and the church. And it's funny that a lot of my good friends, their name is start with J. So I, I'm really attracted to people whose name starts with J. I've got June, I've got Joanne, I've got Josephine. And even I think my first boyfriend, the one that I acknowledge, it's also called J. Jerome. <laughs> but no, we already broke up. Anyway, that, that is a different part of the story that we shouldn't talk in, in right now, this one. So where am I? So the, the J, I'm wondering if the J is... Jesus. Jesus, the J from Jesus, right? <laughs> yes. Which, which sounds like it's, it's a way that you connected with limitless universal love through Jesus. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, you know, we, it's, it's funny because we often forget at some point in our childhood that we are made of love. That's what we are, you know? The universe is made of love and that's and we are a reflection of the universe so sometimes it takes i think the pain of feeling like we're not being seen feeling like we're not being loved to understand that we are just that correct yeah you you seem to be insecure i mean i seem to be insecure i always want to be validated i want the affirmation yeah, because there is so much lack in me. But even, I'm not saying that after accepting Christ, and this is the end of the story, the end of the journey, uh, The I'm still going through that process. There are times that I still feel insecure. There's times that I still want answer. Like, I want you to tell me you love me, you know, you accept me, you know, for example. When that love and acceptance actually comes from within you, right? Yes, yes. So you see, if we rely on ourselves, we it's it's bound to have limitation because we only have this much and we are human. Yeah. Our love for people, it it is influenced by a lot of different factors, right? Like even if you're not well physically or mentally, you're not able to give. So so I, I actually wanted to really address that problem. Right, because yes, Christ has healed me that I no longer cry at night crazily, and then until I have swollen eyes the next day, I find the utmost peace, you know, in His home, in His love. But there are still moments, some moments that I feel down, and I become more aware of of this pattern. Yeah, I, I need to bring out the word pattern. Yes. If there is a constant pattern of how you behave 
and then you really got to watch out and to see what actions you can implement to prevent that because you are not living on your own right you you are surrounded by people people are around you and you need to be accountable of who you are because your action affects others so as as i become older i become more aware of it and it was not until i was in my mid 30s and i realized that so there there are a few pivotal moments in my life i i feel so okay so cut the long story short accepting Christ and then went to college and still believe that he would provide everything that i need and that is true and then i went on start my new job and it's very interesting i did not pick up the job that was my major yeah i did not go into a tv station to be a tv anchor or to be a video editor no i did not do any of this because I I'm fortunate that I know what I want. But I I don't want to work really really late at night. I want to have holidays and I know if I work in this field in this industry, I probably do not have that privilege and I I know I want to spend time with my family. My mom and dad, my parents, everybody. So, I know this is not for me. I know business working in the in business is still what I love. I love to work in the corporate business. So prior to that I actually worked for a year in American Express. Yeah, lots of fun there before I headed out to the university to complete my degree. So I came back to do a 9 to 5 or 9 to 6 job, but not not really 9 to 6 and then it just compounded. So Cut the long story short, and then um, in my 30s, there was I think that's how there was a big yeah. change. And I wish I knew this in my 20s. So You weren't ready in your 20s. Yeah, things come when they have to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. It's, it's just me being very ambitious. And now that I think back, you know, I, I would like this to happen in my 20s so I don't waste that 10 years time or 5 years time. So I have always been telling my younger sister, we we are good friend right now. We are like absolutely best friend, you know, although I hated her so much. <laughs> I I because I I I am 8 years older than her and so I feel like I'm also mothering her, not her sister but have been mothering her. So I've been telling her what you need to do, what you probably need to avoid, how you can navigate your your life. But I was also quite sorry that I wasn't really with her for a few years time, but it was always been chatting on the phone because I had lived outside of Malaysia since 2004. Yeah, I wish I was more aware so that I could tell my younger self. But it's not too late. It's never too late. It's never too and late. And I would also like to tell everybody who's listening to this podcast that it's never too late to chase for your dream. And we should always have a dream and many dreams, <laughs> not just one, but multiple dreams. Could you talk a little bit about that change in your mid-30s? It sounds like it was a change of perspective, change of patterns, change of priorities, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So in my um, early 30s, I felt 
no, I shouldn't be just working in the same company. I wanted to explore something outside of Singapore now that I'm working in Singapore. So I went to Thailand, Bangkok, and work. And I really focused on myself. I went to the gym. I did crossfit and then got shoulder injury. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's beside the point. And that is also when I first had my, the first relationship with this guy. And um, I noticed a pattern that I have been projecting my needs of what I don't get from my mom, not my dad, but my mom, onto him. And I would resort to crying to get what I wanted. And it went the opposite way. Every time when I call him, he didn't seem to pick up. And I call and call and call and call and call. I call like maybe 50 times a day, you know, that was so crazy of me, you know, that I think back. And so I think, hey, Vicky, you're not, you're not normal. Why are you doing this? There is another voice in me speaking to myself. A month later, I, I went to see a psychiatrist. And so that really helped me to put things into perspective. Because he's not just listening to you. He always asks me questions, nothing but questions. And he always asks me why. And why do you think this is right? Why do you think this is wrong? Why do you think like this? He always challenged me with all the different questions. Like why, why, why? But essentially, just why, you know? Because he just wanted you to think back and do a reflection. So it was very good. But my journey with this psychiatrist is... He gave me medication for two months. Let me tell you, those two months was absolutely down to the pit, down to the valley. I have no energy to even pray to God. And I, I slowly learned that this medication would take a while to kick in the effect. So it, it would take you really, really down to the bottom before you get lifted before you see a beautiful world ahead of you. So eventually, I was okay because of all the questions that he asked me, you know, that helped me to set things into perspective and reading, reading a lot. Doing some work on yourself, it sounds like, right? And and conscious work on yourself with a a goal or a vision for, for where you want your journey to go in life. Right. Yes. But but that time you don't really you everything else that what people say your goals are no longer important because you were really kept yeah captivated in this big bubble of sadness, depression. I was going through a moment of depression. And I can't even eat and then I was down to I was maybe 10 kilos I lost. Why well, I think I look amazing when I lost weight. But those rapid weight loss had also made me bounce back really, really quickly. So it took time for me to transition into awareness. Like then, then I started, you know, to, I don't know. I just think that um, when the stars are aligned, maybe mm-hmm. I can use this analogy yeah. and I, I I think it's just all about the alignment of the different stars above you. And when that moment set in, I was able to become more calm, composed, 
and started to know that what I did to my my boyfriend wasn't correct. It is not fair for him to to just take on the load that I wanted love, needed love. Because he only has so much, right? If he don't have it, how can he give you something that he doesn't have it? If we begin loving ourselves, then it's easier to love other people. Yes, right? absolutely. And when, we, and when we ask other people to fill us up with that love that we're not generating in ourselves, then yes. they're, they're going to run out. Yes, right? yes, you got it. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. So then I started to really focus on myself and going back to the pattern. I uh, started to journaling. So this time that I'm set, when was it? And it actually is related to the PMS, the premenstrual syndrome. And some people maybe just suffer from wanting to eat before their period, their cycle begins. But some people would cry nonstop. So I know this, this is a pattern. And unfortunately, I have that. So even right now, as I'm speaking to you, I just went through that uh, 10 days ago. It was just a day before the cycle and I just cried. Everything just becomes so gray and so dark. There is no way to pull you out. But the next day, you become normal again. So now that I know myself better, I know how to handle the situation. I know how to handle this dark Vicky. What do you do when you see dark Vicky coming? What are some of your, your tools? Yeah, great question. I love it. Two things. One is you need to eat right. Yeah, I know it's probably a cliche to say eating right, like just eating right. right? And it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> so so tell, tell us about eating right. What does that look like for you? <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to be a bit of a hypocrite here. Okay. I try to do, okay? I try to implement. Mm. I know this. Eliminating sugary drinks really helps. So I have not drink like sugary carbonated drinks for a long time. I only have like sparkling water with a bit of apple juice in it. But you must make sure that you have got different colors on your plate. Mm. So yeah, I know calorie restriction is like a big topic out there. But I think it's very important for us to eat well by combining the different colors on the plate. And the more you cook at home, the better it is. So I find that if I, 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 I compare like a couple of years back, whenever I have this problem, I resort to eating chips. Yeah. Oh, because I, 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 my body wants it. So I want to eat Stress eating you know? and just giving yeah, yeah. in to stress eating. Yeah, 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 correct. But it will only make it worse because of the sodium, the salt in it, and you don't know what they put inside, those names that you probably never heard of. So it would be better if you can just eat healthier food. I'm not saying like avoid them entirely, but eat more greens, eat more colorful. When you feel food. dark Vicky coming on, you know that that's okay. Time to make sure I'm being very mindful about what I eat. Yes. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah. Talking about mindful, I have to watch my mind. You know, I want to make sure that I don't get too sensitive of what people say. Now that I'm in a, a new relationship, um, I'm more careful. I'm more careful with uh, my, you know, my conduct. 
the words that I say or the choice of words that I use. I, I want to make sure that I don't put too much pressure on the other person because it's not fair for the other person to bear whatever that I'm going through. You know, people have their problems as well. So, so there's greater self-awareness, right? Yes, is- greater self-awareness. Yeah. And the other one is sports. Yeah. I know, it, again, it's a cliche, you know, you you hear this over and over again. You know, go out there, be under the sun, you know, get vitamin D. Do some sports, get some endorphins up, you know, increase the serotonin. You know, we, we all heard of all these different hormones names. And it's true. They are very it's important. It's true. It's true. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You're, you're saying it's a cliche. Eating well is a cliche. Getting exercise is a cliche. It's like everybody knows what's good. We all know what's good for us. It's just we don't want to do it because we're... <laughs> For whatever reason, we think, oh, it's okay. I'll do it tomorrow. And today, yeah. you know, this is the only time. This is the only time that we know we can do it. So if we do it now, then it's yeah. like the next step in a helpful, creative direction that's supportive of our nature. We're animals, you know. We we are born to eat healthy food and to get exercise, right? <laughs> Yeah, but that's not what you see from the TV and that's not what you do when you go outside, you know, fast food chains, everything just appears to you so quickly and you don't have to cook them, you know. Yeah, so that's why I'm just saying it's a cliche, but yeah, it's the, maybe the first step is always hard, you know, to go out there and do sports, like asking you to run five kilometers, you know, as a start, it, it might be difficult for you. So, you know, go around your block and do some walking, any sports, any outdoor activities is good for you. Yeah. Mm. And it's also a good way to keep us agile as our bodies get older. We were talking before we started recording and (laughs) Nikki was telling me, you know, that she's struggling with the aging part of things. She says she's she's coming up to an important age. I'm not going to say which one it is. She's coming up to like a landmark age. And at the same time, by listening to your intuition as to, you know, what's going to keep you balanced, like good food and exercise, then that really does make, quote unquote, aging very relative. So can you talk a bit about your relationship to your health and aging? Because you're, you're talking about very good things. You're talking about very good ways of keeping yourself agile and active and young and healthy. So what is that relationship with you and, and okay, seeing so, yourself in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, I, I love this question. Trust me. I may have forgotten to mention that I was really like fat when I was younger, college days. You know that time when I was, I need to... I need to make reference with the history so that I can talk about today. So during the college days, you know, I was, I don't have much money. So I need to eat everything that I have, right? I don't want to waste food. So calories, this word never exists in my dictionary. I was not aware of this word at all. Like what is calories? I just know that this Italian street, very famous Italian street is just outside my house. And lunchtime is always cheaper than dinner. So I would just get like a, a big plate or whatever, I would just eat them all. But I didn't know that I'm just eating all carbs, right? You know, you are having pizza, you're having pasta, 
I'm not saying Italian food is bad, but in especially... moderation, in moderation. Yeah, and no, that that moderation not even exists in my dictionary too. I didn't know what is moderation. I just know that the full plate is where I need to finish. So um, when I moved to Singapore, I um, somehow I don't know. I just got more aware of you know I I need to get myself into this dress. So I think that's when I started that journey of being healthy. I started to go to the gym and do this body pump class. Yeah, body pump class. And I love that uh, that that teacher who who teaches body pump, and he's still teaching right now. I mean, ten years ago. So he is actually a, a certified nutritionist as well, working in a hospital. And he was the one that really taught me about how much I should consume. And so I become more aware that in order to lose weight, one kilo of uh, weight, you need to have, I think was 13,000 of calories you need to burn it off. Like one pound is 7,000 calories, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So you need to always have, um, like you, you, you need to have, what is it called? You, you can't take more than that, but you need to subtract that 7,000. So yeah, so then I, I do that at step one. And then I listen to podcasts, I read, there's a lot of great articles out there. And then I learn about what is the way of keeping your gut healthy. Yes. Right. Mm. And and then this is also very much aligned to what my traditional Chinese medicine doctors say. We call it in short TCM. So this is law alternatives medicine. We try to use herbs to cure whatever sickness you have because we believe all of this is chronic disease and you need to have a longer time to treat it, not just going to a doctor and get a paracetamol or ibuprofen to to get rid of your sickness. It's about finding the natural balance. Right? Yeah. So she mm. told me to eat five colors, at least five different colors of food on your plate because all of these five different colors represent a different energy for you. So these five elements represent your body. And so I always remember that. And that's how I have been keeping this um, relationship with health. And with keeping your body in a, in a state that allows you to, to live an active life and to do the things that you want to do. Yes, correct. Yeah. You need to eat well so that your mind functions well. And your body can be fluid and agile. And I, I'm not sure how long have we been on Instagram, but um, this is just this is just me, Vicky. My mom, right? And she's very traditional. So when I was young, I wanted to go swimming, right? I told my dad, Dad, I want to go swimming. And he said, go ahead. You know, there is this little swimming pool in, in the school. But she forbid beaten me to do that and she really came me for going to this pool so I never learned swimming when I was young never so it was only 2017 I started learning swimming also four mm. years ago yeah 
and I've been filming myself swimming the progress of doggy paddling, breaststroke, froggy style, freestyle, you know. And I was quite impressed, you know, with myself. Not back then, but now, because this is what my friends told me. And I really appreciate their comments because they said, you know, you're really brave for putting this journey, you're documenting your journey, whether or not you know how to swim or don't know how to swim, you put that on social media, you kind of like encourage people and inspire people. Like, it's never too late to learn something. So from not knowing how to swim and now, so it was pretty good, I would say. <laughs> it's, um, you know, one thing I want to kind of circle back to, which you've mentioned several times is about losing time. And, and I really think that we are a work in progress and that there's no such thing as lost time. Um, it's just time that we need to be prepared for when it's time to do that thing. So, yeah. and it really is like a st- life is unfolding. It's a step by step. It's always one thing and then another and then another. Yeah. And it sounds like that your journey has kind of brought you to now it's time for this. So yeah. the time that you were preparing for that might have been 10 years or two years or whatever. It's the time that you needed to be ready for this moment when you're making those changes. And I like how you say this. That shows how mature you are. Why I say that? Because, I mean, why I keep saying I lost time? It was because I'm comparing with people. Yeah. And we need to acknowledge that we have our own pace. You know, our journey is different to each individual. We are all unique. Yeah. We are uniquely born. We are uniquely created. But somehow we still benchmark ourselves with other people in our same same age or same peers. Uh, yeah, so I would compare myself that, oh, you know, you already know how to play tennis. And while well, I'm just started to pick up that record and learn how to hit. So, yes, you're right. We are all work in progress and we should acknowledge that any move is a good move. Any progress is a good progress. Slowly but surely, you know, this phrase. And sharing our stories, sharing those little things that we are going through helps other people because, you know, you were just saying like your story might inspire others to realize it's never too late. You can always take the next step. You can always do the next right thing to help you move forward. And speaking yeah. of moving forward, we're coming towards the, t- the end of our, our conversation. Time flies when you're having fun. So I, I, <laughs> I always end the conversations with a challenge. I ask all of my guests to challenge listeners to do something, something simple that can help them move forward, that can help them become more of who they are, that can help them get unstuck. If you had to challenge people to do just one simple thing, to move really? forward. You must end here because I want to tell you so much more about what I want to do. You're coming back uh, for another episode. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to do part two of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm not joking when I say that. I really have ambition. I have my dreams because I was telling you that I wish I was a doctor, right? And so now that I'm not a doctor, but how do I 
how do what can I do to still do what the doctors do to help people, right? Okay. And well, then there's the challenge. So if you're if this thing that you want to do is to like help other people, then what can you do now, and what would you challenge other people to do to help others? <laughs> Brian, don't need to rephrase that. I'm going to put this question to challenge people. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, would, of course. I would like people who's listening to this podcast right now to every night just write five things that you are thankful for. Just five things. Just write on it, write on your journal, or just put it on your notepad on your iphone or your android phone whatever phone just put that five things that you're grateful of don't be too hard on yourself don't condemn yourself that i didn't do this well i didn't do that well i wish i had done this no it's fine you know it's it's okay that we make a mistake and a mistake should not dictate who you are who you will become tomorrow I am still a work in progress. I have received very bad news yesterday, but I wanted to uphold a right attitude to overcome this. I need to rise above the situation ahead of me. That is what I tell myself, you know, to be resilient. And you can only do that when you are kind to yourself. So be kind to yourself, you know. And just like you always talk to your friends, you know, Hey, you shouldn't do this. Come on, be kind to yourself. But you don't say this to yourself. You are always yes. so hard on yourself. And yes. this is what I challenge myself to because I have not been kind to myself. So challenge a challenge two challenges there. One is to to at the end of the day just be grateful. Be grateful. Exactly. Be grateful and kind to ourselves. Be grateful for what we have and be kind to ourselves. I love that. Yeah. Vicky, it is so great to, to have the honor to sit here with you and listen to you talk about your story and how you, I mean, I feel like life is a journey. We are a work in progress. And I feel like your journey is really going in a direction that's, that's just amazing for you. So you are a beautiful human being. I thank you so much for thank your you, time, Brian. for your You're generosity. So and I look forward to part two of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, thank you for having me here. Likewise, I, I have a lot of joy speaking to you, connecting with you. And uh, thank you for allowing me to be on this platform to share my journey with people. Thank it's you. Important. It's very important. If you guys want to know more about Vicky, we will put a link in the show notes where you can find her on LinkedIn. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you can feel the inspiration and passion that we put into this conversation and that it empowers you to be confident, compassionate, and courageous on your journey, on our journey to becoming all of us. If you enjoyed that conversation and you'd like to hear more, please be sure to click on subscribe or follow to get your weekly dose of inspiration and remember to stop by and rate us with a five-star rating on the app store leave your comments below let us know what it is that you enjoy about these conversations so that we can bring more of them to you and stop by instagram to follow us at the being all of us podcast b-a-o-u podcast 
thanks to the group Bombadil for our intro music, Avery, and to Scott Gratton for our outro music, Motown is Yotown. Come join us again next week for more. Until then, shine bright, you beautiful soul. You are the change the world needs. Go out and shine.